John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Gain Podcast. Yep, High Gain Podcast. Cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, what do we do on this podcast, John? Uh, We talk about guitars. That's what we do. I love it. I love talking about guitars with you. It's a real good time. Yep, always. Uh, It's pretty cool that we've done 11 of these now, or this is the 11th? This is number 11. Yeah. And I sort of remember what we're supposed to talk about. Great. Uh... We're in West Seattle, John. Beautiful West Seattle. Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. And it's actually sunny today. It is a gorgeous day. We're going to post some pictures. Of the gorgeous day. (laughs) Of you with that guitar. I took some pictures. And the thing that is funniest about these pictures to me is Uh your goddamn legs in those cargo shorts. (laughs) Yeah, I've got uh, what we affectionately call here the Seattle tan. So yeah. imagine the most white, translucent skin you can imagine because uh, beautiful because the sun never comes out here. Right. So now that it's warm and sunny, mm-hmm. I put on the shorts and uh, it's blinding. Blinding. Yeah, my eyes it burns. Ed is wearing his aviator sunglasses. In fact, indoors. Yep. Um, <laughs> you have black socks on as well, which is just a killer look. I always wear black socks. I call it my German tourist. Oh, oh my God. Was ist los? It's really good. I Don't change. And the white translucent thing, you were talking about that. And I was. And what it made me think of was vampires. And <laughs> specifically Edward Cullen, who is a pretty cool vampire. Is that Pattinson? That's Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. From the Twilight series. Twilight. Here's the thing. I really want to do a podcast where I just talk about Robert Pattinson. Peterson on Pattinson. <laughs> I think it would be really great. What do you guys think? Uh, Send in a mail to the high gain podcast at gmail.com. Ah, uh, the high gain pod. No wonder we're not getting any emails. Maybe if we 
fucking said the right thing. Yeah, the High Gain Pod. If for no other reason, I just want to spend a lot of time talking about Robert Pattinson. Who doesn't? Yeah, and I have seen zero of those Twilight movies. Yeah, you know, you might not know this about me, Ed. Mm-hmm. I have been to Forks, Washington, and actually taken the, the- Twilight tour. Is- <laughs> have you really? I have. What did you do that for? Well. Never mind. It's obvious. Love. Yeah. yeah. You're a sucker for the sparkly Pattinson vampires. Yep. Guess what I got here, Ed? A guitar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Let's put a little something on this. Yeah. Uh, I like it when you juice it up like that. I'm having a um, Vente iced Americano. Iced today. On account of the hot. Mm-hmm. I am having a San Pellegrino. That's great. I also brought you down a LaCroix water (laughs) beverage. We were discussing this before we started recording. The CEO of LaCroix is getting bashed for groping some male pilots. On plans. 82-year-old dude fucking around. Yep. You know what else he's the CEO of? Fago. He's got... Yes. Yeah. Fago. Who loves Fago? The... The Juggalos, baby. Yeah. They are going to be devastated when they find out... He has been the the moral guiding light of the Juggalos for a long time. No, now. well, and, and now what are they going to do? They stand by their principles. And you think they're down with these guys groping? No, they're not going to be buying any more Fago. I'm not drinking this LaCroix. That dude can get fucked. Okay, yep, yep. I'm going to drink this LaCroix because it's a pamplemousse and those are real spot on. Ah. But I'm not buying anymore. And you better not either. I'm not going to. Okay. Bastard. But I do like that guitar you're holding. Yeah, you know what this is? PVT60. This is a PVT60. Yup. One of the stranger oddities in the guitar world, both for when it was made and the kind of innovations that it was made with. Really? We are really? coming off the active electronics in the Ovation Deacon. We're coming off the Parker Fly. <laughs> and you're telling me that this thing is like strange. Yep. It's got a thing going on here. It looks like a wood stratocaster a wood finish stratocaster with i think the coolest thing about it are the like the pv knobs they look kind of cool okay i'll give you the quick rundown here. lay it on me it's a it's a hardwood body yep it was uh usually maple or ash which makes it very heavy this thing that, is <laughs> easily as heavy as a les ball that guitar is dumb heavy. Uh, this particular example is 1981 Okay. Uh, the guitar was introduced in 78. Okay. You could only get it in natural in 78. Eventually, mm-hmm. they made colors and sunburst and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But this was uh, one of the early examples. Here's why it exists, Ed. I want to tell you that in 1978, yeah. Roman Polanski moved to France. Uh-huh. He sort of fled the U.S. Why? Because he's a sexual predator. Allegedly. He gropes pilots? Uh, They're coming out with a movie with like Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Uh about the Tate LaBianca murders. Tarantino is directing. Who is going to be Polanski? Who's going to be Manson? Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, Manson's not doing much anymore. No, neither's, you know, Tate or LaBianca. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so it's the 70s. <laughs> and what? While all that's going on, maybe because all of that is going on, yeah. uh, we know that the guitar world is in kind of an uproar because quality's going to hell in a handbasket. Sure. CBS is fucking up Fender. Yep. Norlin is fucking up Gibson. 
Baldwin, you know, the organ yeah, people, yeah. they're fucking up Gretsch. Wow. And the prices are going up. Yeah. Out of proportion to quality. Right. Enter one Hartley Davis TV. Is he a Southern gentleman? Meridian, Mississippi. Ugh. Born and raised. Ugh. PV is still based out of Meridian, Mississippi. No kidding. Yeah. Still, I'm ready for where this goes because that guitar has a made in the USA tag on it. It does. Mississippi. Yeah. Hartley, he's born in 1941. Hartley PV. Uh I don't like that kind of alliteration kind of thing with the name. Not a lot of good comes out of Mississippi. So, 41. Yeah. 1941, our man Hartley is born. Oh, okay. Unlike a lot of the other people we talk about who start guitar companies, he is the third generation of music retailers. Retailers? His pops owns a music store. That's cool. And his pops before him owned a music store. That's great. It's crazy. He's kind of born into it. In some little shitty town in Mississippi? Yep. Okay. Shitsville, Mississippi. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The demographics of this podcast, they are very quickly making themselves known. So being in the business, as it were, being born into the business, he has an awareness early of people like Leo Fender. Sure. Unlike a lot of kids, he actually knows who that is. Yeah, Uh, so he's born in 41. Yeah. So he's like 11 when fenders start becoming a thing. Yeah, and he's into it, and he starts messing around trying to build amps. and At a young age. At a young age. He knows what he's doing uh, in that regard. Great. But grows up, and he plays some guitar in bands. He's not a very good guitar player, by his own admission. I don't know. Don't sell yourself short, Hartley. Partly. 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 Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled cocks. Yep. He stays in Mississippi, ends up going to school there in Mississippi at whatever whatever kind of school they have there. Sure. (laughs) What's not to love about Mississippi? Yep. In the fucking 50s and 60s, what's not to love about Mississippi? Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) By this point, yeah, it's 1964. He's graduated college. He's been building amplifiers on his own just for his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, here's an amplifier. Here's a PA cab. Here's all this stuff. And they like him well enough that he decides, well, maybe I should start a company. Sure. So he does. He starts PV Electronics okay. in 1964. And okay. he puts it in the attic above his pops's music store. Sure. Like, Uh this is back when 23-year-olds with some disposable income from their parents and grandparents could actually start a company. And he's just building amps one at a time himself and taking them around trying to sell them. That's cool. People in that area, anyway, they like them. Yeah, sure. Sure, what do they know? They're dummies. (laughs) I gotta stop this. I I am really sorry. I lived in Alabama, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, so am I. Uh, But he's starting to notice all the people playing in bands are starting to bitch and moan about the quality of all the guitars. Why are strats, why are tellies so fucking expensive? Yeah. And the quality is not even that good. So he's thinking, I'll bet I could make guitars that are just as good. Yeah. Cheaper. Sure. A solid playing guitar that people I know, people that buy my amps and PA cabs. Right. Could afford and appreciate and respect. So he decides to do that. In 74, he hires a guy named Chip. Todd. Chip Todd. Chip Todd. Chippy Todd. He hires him to oversee the guitar division. Okay. Uh, Of course, it sounds better than it is because at that point they're not making guitars, but he wants to make them. So let's get Chip Todd and be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to make make guitars. You're going to help design them and gear up for manufacturing. Tell me something. Yeah. 
What is Chip Todd doing today? He is actually still very active in the PV community. Doesn't work for them anymore. Okay. We should have Chip Todd on. We should. Just give him a call. Get him on the horn. Hey, Chip. Hey, Chip Todd. Chip comes on, but he thinks, I'm head of a division that doesn't exist. So what does he have to do? So they have Mm. to go take out a loan to get space big enough. Yep. Then they have to get machinery. Then they have to get wood and electronics and all that kind of stuff. And then they have to design something that they feel like they want to build. Right. This is where some of the innovations come in. They design the T60. Oh, that's Uh, the first guitar? Yeah. The T in T60? Yeah. Is for our man Chip Todd. They've mm-hmm. got their design. Okay. They've got the T60. They like the way it looks. they got to make this thing, but they got to follow the mandate. Mm-hmm. It needs to be quality, sure. Sure. But it needs to be... Heavy well, as fuck. Yep, that too. Uh-huh. It needs to be less expensive than uh, than the big boys. Okay. How are we going to do that? Yeah, I don't know. It's only in 1975, uh, so CNC machines, they were only in their infancy in 75. Sure. But you know what? They did have copy lathe. Yeah. And these cats knew about those because mm-hmm. they are both, go figure, in Mississippi, gun enthusiasts. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Hartley collects guns. He knows that to get the, whatever you call the part you yeah, hold on to, on a rifle to fit the barrel of the, of the gun, it needs very precise, <laughs> very precise carving. Uh, so what stock or whatever the part you hold yeah, on to. <laughs> that, that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gun enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, so the gun makers they carve out the the stock. Yeah. Very uh, carefully, mm-hmm. and then they put it on a copy lathe where they can trace over it with this stylus, and another lathe right next to it is precisely copying all the moves they make with their hand. Sure. So the uh, adjacent lathe. Right. Right. Comes out yep. with a stock that is exactly the same. Yep. Every every time. Yep. He's thinking, well, I like guns, and I know that that works. I've seen guns that are very well made, and the pieces fit together very tightly, be- mm-hmm. That are and they're made with this technique. Yeah. Let's try that with guitars. Okay. We'll be able to pump out necks and bodies quickly. Yep. They'll be more uniform. Mm-hmm. There won't be that much variance. They were the first ones to do that. Of course, later they went on to CNC machines when those became refined. But they were the first guitar manufacturer to mass produce using machinery in this way. Yeah. We are coming off of the Ovation episode where my man is like taking all his war money and making guitars. And now we're in another episode where the dude is taking gun building methodologies and applying them to guitars. Uh, You know, sure, that's great. Like, I love it when the industrial war machine, military industrial war complex drives Can inform the military industrial (laughs) guitar complex? Yeah, I love it. Well, all right. Well, what do you know about electrostatic painting? I love it. Yeah. Love it. Paint paint your body up, you know, do some electrostatic. Love it. Here's how it works. Okay. You put a charge on anything. Yeah, your body. An electrical charge. Yes. On your body, on a piece of metal, on a part, on anything. Okay. And then you put the opposite charge on your spray paint gun. Mm Mm-hmm. So it charges Mm -hmm. the paint as it comes out, and Mm -hmm. the two attract. Mm -hmm. And you get better, more even coverage on whatever it is you're painting or coating. Okay. Uh, Used a lot in auto painting. They were the first to use electrically charged spray booths in this manner. Great. Yeah. That guitar doesn't have any goddamn paint on it. You could do this technique using clear coats. Real real nice lacquer job. They were the first to do that. Does that count? Whatever. The neck is very thin. It is like Hagstrom thin. Here is why. Okay. They were first to make a bilaminated neck. 
That sounds cool. Say you cut a slab of wood and you're looking at it. Oh, uh-huh. look at that. It's a piece of wood. It has grain in it. That's a pretty swell piece of wood. Swell. How am I going to keep that from warping over time? Uh, what if I cut it in half mm-hmm. and flip one of the pieces? So now the grain is going two different directions. Mm. It adds strength. And really? combats warping in the neck. Okay. They were the first ones to do that. Sure. Is there a truss rod in that? There is a truss rod in this. They call it a torsion rod. Oh. And they had some problems at first with that. There was a little hook at the mm. end of this torsion rod. Yeah. But that little hook yeah. had a habit of either bending Breaking. itself yeah. straight, yeah. breaking, or digging clean through the wood. It was a <laughs> it was a problem. Uh, luckily, they fixed that by putting sure. a whole bunch of epoxy down there. Oh. And then that's what just kind of held it in place. Whatever works. Yep. Chip Todd. Yeah. So they put this thing out. Yeah. This thing comes out in 1978. Did they meet their goal? Did they manufacture cheaply enough? Mm. With enough quality? Yeah. And beat the prices of the big guys? I I think cheaply? Yes. I think quality? Yes. Did they compete with the big boys? Kinda? Our guy Hartley. Yeah. He feels confident that he did succeed. He puts out an ad. Yeah. The ad has a picture of three guitars on it. Uh Uh-huh. One is a Les Paul. Oh, one is a Strat. Oh. One is a PVT-60. Yeah. You know what the ad says at the top of it? One word. Yeah. Why? Huh. Below each of these guitars? Yeah. Are their prices in 1978 dollars? Oh, okay. So I think Hit he was uh, he was implying, why buy one of those mm-hmm. when you could buy one of these? Okay. Lay it on me. Uh, the Les Paul in 1978 mm-hmm. was 918 dollars. That is a lot of money. Even by today's standards, I feel like that's a lot of money. Yeah. The Stratocaster? Yeah. In 1978? Yeah. was $790. Okay. The PVT-60 in 1978? Five... 32. $375. <laughs> wow. $375. Two-thirds less than the, than the Les Paul. Yeah. Les Paul's are fucking hunks of shit. Yeah, hunks of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. the demographics of this podcast are becoming clear. Yep. Like, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So, in, that's in, crazy. In terms of market position, yeah. I would say he succeeded. Yeah. Where's the Gibson factory? I, I'm just wondering if there's anything like, why are those prices like that? What is going on there? Because uh, even in the day, I'm sure Mississippi was a whole lot cheaper than Southern California where Fender was. Sure. Man, almost a grand versus 375. That's yeah. crazy. That is a good and compelling ad, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. PV in PV Mississippi. PV Mississippi. That's okay. right. But that's not the whole story as we know. Right. You got to get it in the hands of musicians mm-hmm. and they want to know what does it sound like? Why would I do this? Right. Over a Strat or a Les Paul. Mm-hmm. What if you could have a guitar that sounded like either of them? Okay. Maybe I want it to sound like either. Yeah. This guitar can actually do that. Can it? Very novel electronics in this thing. Okay. Uh, there's a pickup selector switch. There are two humbucker pickups in here. But they're like weird humbuckers. They're kind of like blade looking. There are magnetic ferrite blades in there. <laughs> uh, wow, really? Yeah. Is and, that what they're called? Uh-huh. And they are hidden in this example underneath the pickup covers. Later, they would expose the blade so you could see it. There'd be this yeah. line running through it. Hey, you know what's cool about that guitar? What? Is you're showing it to me? like that yeah. I, I like the pickup cover a lot 
That's I pretty like cool. That. Yeah, like it's it covers a lot of the body, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. So two humbuckers with pickup selector. Yep. Two volume controls. Sure. And a phase switch. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets funky. Oh shit. Right now I've got both humbucker pickups on. Okay. And it sounds like, you know, two humbuckers. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. What are you doing over there? Neck pickup. Yep. Bridge pickup. Uh-huh. And then in the middle. Great fine. I can roll back the tone. Yeah, that's yeah, very, very yeah, yeah. Now here's where it gets weird. Okay. The tone controls on a normal guitar. Yeah. That is from zero to ten, right? Sure. Okay. On this guitar, zero to seven. Why is that, you might ask? It sounds very... Spinal tap. Spinal tap. From 7 to 10? I'm going to turn this all the way up to 10. Oh, wait. I thought it only went no. to 7. The tone functionality. Oh. From 7 to 10? Yeah. You turn the tone controls all the way to 10? Oh. Does it sound like anything different? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's way more way more twangy. It's got a lot more uh, single coil Yeah. That's weird. Let me roll them back from yeah. single to humbucker. Sure. humbucker mode yeah yeah i get it now the people especially the nashville cats are yeah like, wait a minute i can get that telly twang if i want but i just roll those back a little and i'm back in humbucker land what else you got well let's throw it in and out of phase so now i'm out of phase what if i go full-on single coil put some of that death on it yeah yep So that is out of phase, single coil. Let's put it in phase and go back to humbucker. It thickens up quite a bit, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty versatile. I'm clearly not a subtle guitar player where like I'm finessing those switches, but it feels like you would have to be pretty aware of your playing to be able to switch that tone in any sort of live setting. Oh, I don't know about that. Check it out when I just rock back and forth between single and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No other guitar was doing that. So tell me something, John. Yes. Who plays that goddamn guitar? Who plays this goddamn yep. guitar? Well, one of the first people that was way into it yeah. was Johnny Copeland. I don't know if I know that name or not. Blues Cat. Okay. He really liked him, the PVT-60. In fact, most of his albums of that time yeah. pictured him on the cover okay. holding his PVT-60. He was very proud of it. What's he doing these days? Uh, he's doing stuff. Oh, he's banging stuff out. Yeah, he okay, is. Okay, cool. Is. Still playing a T60? Yep. I... You have no idea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay, I heard enough. <laughs> no, but listen. Yep. So he... That... So he's getting the single coil sound. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Man. Hunky Tonkin, go figure. <laughs> Off the Johnny Copeland album. Uh-huh. Texas Twister. <laughs> Great. 1986? Uh-huh. Did you graduate high school in 86, John? I did. Yeah. At that time, you had a T60. I did. We didn't really cover that. You sort of wanted to do this guitar because you have some weird, you know. Fetish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unrelated to that guitar, you have some weird fetishes, but yes. 
There's some very attractive pictures of you as a young man playing a T60. I might have had one the first year it came out. I might have had a 1978 T60. That's pretty cool. This particular T60? Yeah. We borrowed from our friend Frank at Thunder Road Guitars. He's a good guy. He's doing great these yep. days. Yep. ThunderRoadGuitars.com. People really liked that Jazzmaster episode. I think they did. They were blowing the doors off with that thing. I think it actually was our most downloaded episode. Unfortunately, we've been spending a lot more time at Thunder Road Guitars. Yes. And we both just bought some new guitars there. Yep. What'd you buy? A Jazzmaster. <laughs> that is the danger yep. of doing this Yep. with a lot of these guitars. Not all. Yep. Because yep. I do not want a Parker Fly, for instance. Right. After we got done with that Jazzmaster episode. Yeah. Oh, crap, boy, did I want one of yep. those. I just bought a uh, Rickenbacker 360 in Jet Glow, which I have wanted forever. A few people have asked me if R.E.M. is really my favorite band, but I bought that guitar because I've wanted one forever because of the Peter Buck. Yep. So I took my uh, 1978 Gibson The Paul, the Paul. Up, up there today, and I did a very bad thing because I'd already paid for the Rickenbacker, <laughs> so I've just started a Thunder Road tab. Huh, that's a thing. But now I have a tab running, like a reverse tab. I think um, that is win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, Honky Tonkin' by John uh, Johnny Copeland. That was 1986. Great. You would think that that's just the beginning for the PVT-60. Oh. It's not. No. In 1987, mm -hmm. one yeah. year later, they ceased production of the T-60. <laughs> R.I.P. T-60. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's the 80s. They start going into the places everybody else is going with the pointy guitars. And the, yeah, yeah. And, all of, and they never did stop making the PAs and the guitar amps and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the company kept growing and growing to the point where now I think PV exists on multiple continents in hundreds of countries. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like stopping the T60 was some kind of decision made out of necessity. I think they were just onto other things, perhaps. Hmm. Yeah. But what I find interesting about that, the T60 experienced or is experiencing the same phenomenon we have talked about. Yeah. I am in a band. I just need something cheap. Yeah, right. And I'll yeah. just mess it up however I want to mess it up. Yeah. It'll, it'll be my jam. Right. And that'll be the thing. Great. Guess what's happening now, Ed? <laughs> People are buying that thing. People are doing it. I could barely contain my, Hoo -hoo? are the kids picking this stuff up and yeah. making, making bands with them? Sure. Yes, they are is yeah. the answer. I think the guitar is actually kind of cool looking. Yeah. Like from a retro-y, why not? You ever hear of Joyce Manor? Uh, nope. The lead singer and guitarist, his yeah. name is Barry Johnson. Oh, Barry. Okay. Hey, you know Barry. BJ. Yeah, loves okay. his T-60s. Okay. Uh, that is... This is... I understand. I get it. That is like, I would say that that is, I don't know, fourth wave emo. What year was that, Ed? I'm guessing it's more recent. 2014. I am not surprised by that. You know, if the T-60s up to about 500 bucks now... Sure. I wonder if much more of this goes on, if they're just going to rise. Maybe Be I should just... Uh, because what going. people are finding out, yeah, they are well-made, yeah, and they are versatile in, in as much as they can switch between the single and humbucker and mm -hmm. in and out of phase. Yeah. Want to hear another one? Yeah, I do. Here's a name for you. Louis Barabbas <laughs> and the Bedlam Six. 
This is also 2014. Their guitarist okay. is named Matthew Cleghorn. Okay. Yep. Okay. All yeah. right. What do you know about the unicorns? Almost nothing. They're from Canada. Ryan Reynolds is from Canada. He's not one of those French ones, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> like uh, Trudeau. He's a great guy. That, he's yeah, a great guy. Great guy. Uh, this song is called The Clap. <laughs> <laughs> This is the band I would listen to yeah. so far. Yeah, I'm ready. Yep. You know what this sounds like? It's pretty good, huh? It, <laughs> that sounds like a band that would be playing a T60. You know what I mean? But but no, I, I uh, of the four examples of the four bands, the unicorns, they're the one I will probably look up when I leave here. And was the lead singer a uh, dude? Yeah, Alden Penner. Alden Penner. He may even have some solo stuff out. Okay. As well. I'll check him out. I wonder if it's that same thing. I wonder if it's cyclical and yeah. it just keeps on going like, what's going to be next, right? Right, what's... right. What's the cheap banger? My first guitar was a Squire Strat. Yep. So PV continues doing its thing. Is Hartley still uh, with the company? He is. Okay. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Okay. Uh, he's kind of getting up there right sure. now. Sure. So Born in 41? Uh-huh. So he's 67? No, 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 no. He's 87. Oh, fuck. Whatever. I don't know. Fucking somebody. He's been grooming his chief operating officer dude, a guy named Cortland. Oh. <laughs> First name Cortland. Sure. <laughs> uh, he's been grooming sure. COO guy to maybe eventually take over so he can retire one, one of these days. Yeah. If it hasn't already happened, I don't know. Yeah. As a move towards that. <laughs> yeah. Our man Cortland goes on that show, Undercover Boss. Okay. It's a reality TV show. Where the big wigs and companies mm -hmm. put on a disguise. Okay. And then they go work on the line in their company. So hidden cameras are following him. Nobody knows who he is. Right. And he's talking to the employees. Hey, how, right. how do you like it here? Oh, oh no. And then later oh, there's a no. kind of reveal. Oh, right. and the employees freak out. Like, right. oh, wow, what did I what, tell him? Yeah. This all seems terrible. It uh, is a disaster because Cortland yeah. is tone deaf. Weird. Out of touch with the common worker on the line. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. So these workers are telling him stuff. <laughs> and in the kind of asides where he's back in the hotel room. Right. And they're saying, what did you think being on the line today? Right. He's complaining, why can't the employees see the bigger picture? Sure. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the reveal comes... Uh -huh. And the employees look mortified. Oh, shit. Yep. And then they, they laid off half the workforce. And... They closed that whole facility. Are you shitting me? I am not <laughs> shitting you. I fucking hate people. Yeah. I fucking hate old rich people. Yeah. So there was this big, huge damage <laughs> control thing. And I think PV, oh my PV came God. out and put, put out a statement. This is 2015 economy of scale we have factories all over oh, the world that was going to happen anyway it. and no we didn't fire those specific people right in the episode no right right i, th I think it was a lot of backpedaling damage control as they fire all the people in that specific episode so our man Cortland, 
Yep. Is he the CEO now? I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe Hartley is going to stick around a little. Nothing would surprise me if that episode came out. They fired all those people. They closed the factory, and then they gave Cortland a massive raise. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this part. Cortland? Yeah. What's he doing in his spare time? Uh, he shoots guns. Probably. He, he raises money for Donald Trump. He keeps bees. Oh! He's a beekeeper. In the episode, Yeah. he's extolling the virtues... Of bees? Of the worker bees. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, he, he turned the thing that I was like, oh, well, I think that's really cool. Like, I've actually wanted to get a beehive for our yard. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I'm just not sure I want to be attracting gazillions of bees here in West Seattle. Well, it's a lot of work, too, I think. Yeah, but it just seems really cool. So he took the one thing that I thought was kind of cool, and then he even turned that into he used shit. it as a metaphor for God, <laughs> goddamn these people in the factory that can't understand the bigger picture. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think there have been uh, other lawsuits against mm. PV for regulatory things. and. Uh, 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 yeah, it's kind of outside the scope of talking about this instrument, but but it speaks it speaks to the cheapness or maybe the I don't know a kind of what would you call it like stinginess or I don't know. Which brings me to <laughs> oh, reminds God. me reminds me of yeah. another feature I forgot to tell you about this guitar. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about other guitars that have the neck tilt mechanism. Uh huh. You know, sometimes yeah. if the guitar is at the wrong angle, yeah. the best thing you can do is take the neck off yep. and put like a little shim or a matchbook yep, yep. in there to try to get it to yep. sit right. Fender did this, and Dan Electro did this. A lot of people yeah. did this, and you can see on this PV, yeah. uh, they do it too. Uh, you look at the back of the neck where the yep. neck plate is, yep. there's a hole there. Yeah. The idea being that there's a little screw in there, that screw pushes up against the plate mm-hmm. on the back of the neck, and you can change the angle of the neck. Yeah. Our man Hartley thought that the little metal plates that that screw pushes up against Mm -hmm. were maybe not cost effective. Okay. It's just like a round steel blank that a screw pushes up against. How much are those going to be? Right. Too much for Hartley. Okay. So he said when you route out the circle to put that plate in there, put a penny in there. An actual penny was cheaper than the metal plates he was going to have made. That also seems kind of cool, though. Maybe we should just take the neck off of this. Yeah, see if there's a penny in there. See if there's a penny. That would be killer. Apparently, that's a thing on some of these. If the neck has never been taken off, you can take it off and there could be a penny in there. What do you think of that? I think that the current C-suite of the PV Corporation Uh is one (laughs) step below the C-suite of the current Gibson Corporation. One of those dudes hang out. I would not be surprised at all. But, you know, I think that guitar is fun. I bought the Hagstrom I have out of nostalgia because yep. the junior high school I played in had one that they loaned people. And right. that was the first guitar I ever played on. Yep. The PV is the first one I ever owned. Right. But would I, out of nostalgia, buy a PVT60? Probably not. <laughs> it would yeah. have to be super cheap. Cheaper than $500. Right. You have bought guitars for reasons far less compelling than nostalgia, and this still doesn't make the cut. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe it's just the price point. I don't really know. Yeah, right. Like, my $4,000 for a gem and irony, (laughs) that price point is kind of crazy. I think that early story of the $900, $700, and $300 thing is super compelling. In 2018, 
it's a little less compelling to me. I think you're right because we're not in that time anymore and at those price points. Right. But I think those other companies have cleaned up their act. So maybe there isn't that niche to fill anymore. If you buy a Fender Squire for $175, it's mm -hmm. still not American. You can get the lowest end American made pretty cheap. Maybe that's why there aren't any more Hartley PVs. Yep. They've closed up that hole. Close up the hole, baby. Close up the hole. Yep. That's all I got, Ed. Right. Hit me with the fucking song. Oh, yeah, the song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this has been the High Gain Podcast. It has been the High Gain Podcast. Yep. Where can people reach us? Website, thehighgain.com. Yeah, they can email us. Let's see if I can do this. Thehighgainpod at gmail.com. Yep. Okay, great. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and download the episodes. Leave a yep. comment if you want. Yeah, that'd and, be great. Yeah, and you can do that wherever you get your podcasts. If you're from, like, Mississippi, go ahead and crush that five-star rating we currently have yeah sorry guys <laughs> yeah oh well <laughs>